Welcome to Talking Giants presented by Seeky. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And the Giants have made their defensive coordinator hire, finally. The Giants are going to be hiring Shane Bowen, who's been the Titans' defensive coordinator for the last three years under Mike Vrabel. Vrabel's out. Shane Bowen's out. He's in with the New York Giants. Justin, we finally have our Wink Martindale replacement. Yeah. I mean, it was starting to get to the point, Bobby Skinner, where we're not panicking, but we're looking around being like, okay. When is this getting done? Jordan Ronan reported today that the Giant, like part of the reason why the process did take this long is because the Giants' top two candidates, you presume that that's Denard Wilson and then the other one is Bobby Babbage from Buffalo. The only ones that have been hired, so which makes sense. Yeah, so the Giants did not get their top two candidates that they wanted. Um, and since the top two options were gone, um, I, I will say like this Shane Bowen hire, while it's not exciting uh, it is really one of the only guys that we have like a substantial amount of sample size of what kind of defense he calls and what he's about or you know what he what he's trying to be. So that's good just from us, you know, from us trying to know what he's about and know information wise. Not a sexy hire, but the more that I'm looking into it, the more that I'm definitely okay with it and I'm encouraged. But ultimately, the thing that comes down to is can Joe Shane bring in good football players for Shane Bowen? Yeah, Justin, I mean, we did our whole defensive coordinator candidate preview a couple weeks ago, and Denard Wilson and Bobby Babbage were both our top two choices for this, right? You know, and hey, it looks like that's that's what the Giants, you know, top two choices were. Denard, you know, the Ravens lose. Wilson is officially available to be hired. The tight he goes, he picks the Titans over the Giants. And then Babbage, I don't blame now I do blame Dable and the Wink fallout and this Kafka stuff on you know, the reason why Denard Wilson would be want to choose the Titans more so than the Giants. With Babbage, I don't because he just got to be promoted in the same spot that he's been with Sean McDermott. I want to add a little caveat to that because I, I don't I don't want to fully buy into oh the Wing Martindale thing is why maybe Denard Wilson didn't come. Dude, you know It's year three versus year one. It's it's year three versus year one. And even if let's just say if Brian Dable, which apparently this wouldn't have been outlandish, and it wouldn't it wouldn't have been the craziest thing if Brian Dable decided to fire Wink Martindale, they decided to let Wink Martindale go after last year because the relationship was so bad, then I think even Denard, like Denard Wilson would jump at the opportunity coming here. But I think it's year three, and this this regime kind of is up in the air in a way, it, or it could be up in the air. Well, the difference is like. You know, you say year three versus year one, but the the deciding factor is that Wink left, right? If if right. Wink had went and was promoted to it as a head coach, this job would look a lot less more desirable, despite the fact that it's year three versus another team's year one. But nonetheless, we talked about Shane Bowen a couple of weeks ago, Justin, and we talked. I, I like I don't know why the reaction to this one was so negative, despite the fact that he was ours and uh, the Giants, you know, third. Or fourth choice, depending on how Jerome Henderson factors into all of this. Because I think he's been a solid defensive coordinator for the Titans the last three years. He's young. He's 37 years old. He's been the Titans DC the last three years. Was their outside linebacker coach three years before that. Was with Vrabel in Houston. Spent a couple of years in Kennesaw State. And then was a GA with Vrabel in Ohio State. Um, runs a 3-4 defense, right? So there's going to be you know similarities in st- as far as structure and stuff. You allow Dinks, uh, Dex to play... The nose tackle still. Uh, we'll get into all of it, Justin. But I think Shane Bone has been a solid defensive coordinator. His uh, his scoring his scoring units have been top half of the NFL every year. Rushing units have been top five. The issue is the passing defenses have been pretty bad. 
Now, there's been personnel deficiencies there, but he also hasn't been able to make up for those deficiencies either. No. I mean, since 2021, number one in EPA per play. This is from 2021 to 2023. But against the pass, it's been number 26 in EPA per dropback. Well, then he gets into a conversation of, you know, the Titans have done, you know, probably not the best of jobs surrounding Shane Bowen with Shane Bowen with talent, um, which obviously we could talk about when we get into. But, I mean, why, why I like Bowen? Just from you know, from where we're at, from where the can from where we are with the candidates that were left, he has experience. Younger guy um, worked under Vrabel the last couple of years. That probably from some from what Titans fans, some Titans fans are kind of putting out there on on Reddit and even some you know replies on Giants Twitter. Mike Vrabel definitely micromanaged uh, Shane Bowen at times. Where I think some some Titans fans were happy that Bowen left, but I also think some Titans fans were open to Bowen coming back so he can kind of run his own defense and let him run his own shit. And also something that's pretty important to note is 2021 and 2022. Jim Schwartz was like a defensive assistant, like a top-notch senior analyst. Senior analyst for the Tennessee Titans, which hey, you know, you could take that you know in either way. Where I really like that Jim Schwartz worked with Bowen, and you know, if Bowen could take elements of Schwartz's defense, or do you take that as maybe Schwartz had a little bit more say, and while Vrabel being involved, what was Bowen's? full-on involvement as defensive coordinator because now he's coming to the Giants where Brian Dable's the offensive coach and he's probably going to be very hands-off for the defense. What was Bowen's leadership like in Tennessee where he probably had a lot of other voices in his ears over the last couple of years? And that's a huge conversation when it comes to Bowen. Like you said, very Mike Vrabel is, is a defensive coach. He has his, his, his handprints on that. And then Jim, uh, you know, Jim Schwartz, you know, you saw a lot of the same principles that Jim Schwartz uh, uses, right? Like the inverted coverages, right? And that can be awesome, but it also can, you know, lead you to, uh, you know, giving up big plays in the passing game. You know, stopping the run, you know, uh, simulated pressure. So I think he's a good fit with the Giants uh, personnel if they bring back Xavier McKinney, right? Like I think bringing back Xavier McKinney is always was pretty important, but vital with him because I think you know the safeties in this defense are going to play a huge part but again let's let's get into some of the numbers and then we'll break it all down on how how it's structured and how it works and how it's changed over over these three years as as a defensive coordinator got a lot better after the after the Titans got rid of Derek Ansley and then promoted Bowen there right and Ansley was another Giants defensive coordinator uh uh, defensive coordinator candidate who had been with the Chargers the last couple years uh, the Titans' defense uh, has been 20th in EPA per play since he joined. Points per game. I'm, I'm going from each of these categories from 2023 to 2021. 16th, 13th, and 5th. Passing 24th, 27th, and 17th. And then rushing 4th, 1st, and 4th. Uh, so, again, being able to stop the run. I think they've been really good on the red zone and third down numbers, right? Which is something we look at when we're talking about defensive coordinators. When can you you know throw disguised looks? Red zone... First, 15th, and 7th. Third down, 17th, 3rd, and 6th. So some really good uh, n- numbers in there for, you know, one, just total total numbers outside of passing defense, and then the red zone third down, he's been able to show up. I have a third down stat before you keep going. I'm going to I'm gonna stop you if I feel like I have a stat that fits what, we, what you're saying. Uh, Titans on third down since 2021. I decided to do a lot of since 2021 since it's a three-year sample size, so why not? Titans on third down since 2021, ninth in overall EPA per play, second lowest success rate, 13th in EPA per dropback, and first in EPA per rush. That was the first stat 
that I was looking at. I was looking at a lot of explosive play stats. And it's like, oh, it's bad against the pass. And some overall raw numbers are really bad against the pass. When I, when you start to look at the third down stuff, when you start to look at the red zone stuff, that's when you're like, okay, like, okay, you start to get way more, way, like a little bit more bought in, in, in terms of, in terms of what he's doing. But I think the main problem is Bobby is first and second down, which we'll, we'll, we'll put it at that. And then even like the, I'll call it the 20 to the 20, um, you know, the, the, your own 20 yard line to the opponent's 20 yard line, where I think that could be the main issue where a lot allows a lot of drives down the field. But then once the, once the Titans defense gets inside the red zone, they, they kind of lock down. And I think that speaks to like, he was described to me as someone like, Hey, you get good players. He's going to be a good defensive coordinator. You get average players, I mean, average. And then, yeah. Bad players. I mean, but it, you know, he didn't have a talented group this past year, right? It's been, it was pretty untalented guys with injuries, and they were able to stay afloat defensively. Not not good, but at least they're able to stay afloat. Like, I mean, their numbers were well, significantly better than the Giants. Uh, you know, numbers in, in almost you know every category except for passing uh, yards per game and passing EPA per play. But let's let's talk about how he likes to call a defense. Um. Likes to play press man when he can, can, but he just doesn't necessarily have the guys to do that. Blitzing, he's always he's always been bottom of the league and blitz rate and pressure rate. Right? Sometimes we see some of the teams with the lowest blitz rate have some of the highest pressure rate, like the 49ers. and obviously that is personnel induced at a lot of times. But blitz rate has been twenty eighth, twenty sixth, and twenty third. The pressure rate twenty second, eighteenth, and twenty sixth. Uh, so there, there's not he's not someone who likes to send five or six. Now he what he does like to do is something we you know we've seen uh, Patrick Graham do and Wink Martindale do, but Wink Martindale likes to send five or six, where it's the simulated drop one, send one type of pressures, right? So we got four down. We're going to drop our edge rusher. So Kayvon, the idea that he's not going to drop in the coverage anymore is not true. That's going to happen. They did it with Harold Landry this past year. Yeah, saw, a Titans, drop fan, one. Uh, saw a Titans fan in, in uh, Nick Filato's reply saying that it drove them crazy how often they would drop Harold Landry in coverage. Right, so he's going to do those drop one, send one stuff, which again, th- confuses quarterbacks, but it doesn't usually confuse offensive linemen when you're only doing, when you're still rushing four on that, right? It's still pretty, in fact, it kind of, Makes things a little easier uh, for for the offensive line, uh, you know. If if you're only sending four, depending on where you're sending them from, you know, mostly going to be coming from the DBs, not as much from the linebackers uh, for him. The thing that I like the most is the willingness to use the safeties interchangeably and all over the field. Like a lot of times, they're going to start in two high coverages and then rotate down a lot, you know, and that's how. Xavier McKinney and their Patrick Graham, that's where he thrived, right? Because the Patrick Graham in 2021 played a lot of two high coverages, but cover three was, you know, they were top five in the league and running cover three. When you think of cover three, you usually think of like a single high stack box coverage. Well, you know, they rotated down into that and it allowed McKinney to make a lot of plays. So I think McKinney and Pinnock being, in a, you know, being someone who could play high and low. And I think just adding talent there, I think it's going to be huge because you saw his defenses be the best when they had Amani Hooker and Kevin Bayard yeah. and losing those guys. I thought, you know, I got to dive deeper into this most recent film. I thought one, it to hurt them numbers wise and, and production wise, but I think it, it didn't give uh, Bowen the confidence to do some of the things that he likes to do. Yeah, I mean, th- this past year. So it's interesting. I-, I-, I wonder, Doug Analytics is in the chat right now. Doug, uh, did they run cover one and cover three more 
2022 and 2021. I'm going to have you pull that up. Hopefully you're still listening. But um, what Doug was able to pull up in 2023 is that they ran cover one at 28% of the time, which was 23rd. So th- that was the most coverage that they ran. Um, but 23rd, that 23rd highest rate in the National Football League. They're in cover three, 21%, the 13th highest. Cover four, 16%, that's the fifth highest. And then cover two, 14%, 20th. So clearly this year, Bowen was trying to really get versatile in the coverages that he would show and the different schemes that he would show. Uh, but it seems like, you know, from what everybody's saying, that cover one and cover three is, you know, the, the two things that he really wants to really wants to go to. Yeah, and it's maybe if you're not lining up, stack the box uh, you know, single high safety, which he's done a good amount of too, but you're at least rotating down into that and you have to have safeties you can play downhill and, and get into the run, which the Giants do have with McKinney and Pannock. Now, I think their corners and edge room need to get so much better defending the run because this is, you know, a thought I had, Justin, because the run defenses have been so good. But so were Wink Martindale's before he came to the Giants, right? Yeah. They were first, fourth, eighth, fifth, you know, those four years and they came here and they were, you know, 27th and 29th in those two years. Now, adding D-line depth and Bobby O'Karake helped a lot, but you still had the inconsistent edge setters and you had a bad DB group stopping the run. Like, their corners were really bad, and that was with good safeties. And Leonard Williams and McKin- isn't here anymore. Say again? And Leonard Williams isn't here anymore either. Yeah, you, Leonard Williams isn't here. Ashawn is, is available. So, there still needs, like, personnel is what's going to drive uh, production in the run defense, but you do have if you keep McKinney the safeties uh, to get it done, and you have the the linebackers. I think it's going to help Okereke, and then playing from like essentially, even if it's not a stack box pre snap, having that safety getting downhill to fill is going to allow McFadden to continue to play free and fast. Where if we got into a defense where they just like to play light boxes and stay light, I thought that would hurt. McFadden, it would hurt Okereke, but just because it's it's harder for a linebacker to do there, not because it makes Okereke worse. I want to put a, a bow on some stats that I was talking about before. So again, Titans defense allowed the fewest percentage of opponent red zone drives to result in a touchdown. Um, 23 of those drives resulted out of the 61 resulted in a touchdown, 37.7%. And again, thanks to Doug Analytics, um, out of the 177 total drives for Tennessee's defense, they allowed 61 of them to enter the red zone. So that's second worst. So in a way, if you just look at it from a from a stat point of view, I don't want to I don't want to go and make the stretch of schematics, but if you just look at it from a stat point of view, remember the problems that Patrick Graham's defense had, 2020 and you know, a little bit of 2021. Definitely like allowing teams to kind of drive down the field, drive down the field, but then you clamp in the red zone. So hey, I mean, I Obviously, you don't want to allow a lot of yards, but if you're, I would rather allow three than allow seven all day long. Um, and I want to talk about runs of ten plus yards and passes of twenty plus yards allowed under uh, allowed for Tennessee under Shane Bowen. Um, the league rankings. So let's start off with the good runs of ten plus yards allowed under Tennessee for Shane Bowen throughout since 2021. 2021, it was first, very good, the least amount. 2022, third, great. 2023, tied for seventh. That has been the opposite of the Giants basically since 2021. We've been like bottom of the barrel in 10 plus plus yard runs allowed. But since 2021, you know, especially under Wink, passes of 20 plus yards allowed, the Giants have been very good in that category, and that's where the Titans struggle. Passes of 20 plus yards allowed under Shane Bowen, 2021, 27th, 2022, 32nd, and 2023 actually did get better and a jump up to 18th. So, Bobby, that I would say just from this higher 
the biggest concern is, yeah, I, I love that you're elite in stopping the run. The AFC South historically is a division, you know, besides this year, obviously Lawrence and Stroud emerged. AFC South is a division that hasn't been very good offensively over the years. Um, so that's six games of the year where you're kind of facing somewhat poor offenses. The NFC East is a different beast, and the Cowboys kill us in explosive plays. The Eagles kill us in explosive plays. I think how you lose in today's NFL is you allow explosive plays, and the way that you win in the NFL is you produce explosive plays on offense. We've talked about this. In a, in a vacuum, and kind of just looking at this from up top, that is my biggest worry about this hire, is that this is going to be a defense that's going to allow a lot of explosive pass plays, and that's my worry. And the worry, again, is like all these disguised coverages and stuff like that are cool, but teams do figure these out in a sense, and they definitely figure them out when they're able to protect, right? And Titans' defense has not been able to generate pressure. Uh, and that's with a guy like Jeffrey Simmons. That's with Harold Landry, right? They've been able to get some, you know, high sack totals, but not generate pressure. The Giants, while doing these simulated pressures right now, are not a team that looks like it's going to generate a bunch of pressure. Despite, you know, you know, like hopefully Kayvon can get better in like those down the down reps. But they were really bad this year. Aziz was really bad this year. You know, Dex is obviously great, but then you lose Leonard Williams, and when you run those disguised coverages, and especially like those inverted coverages, right, like. You know, one of the defenses they like to go to, which I like running this defense like one or twice a game, but when you run it four or five times, you get big plays. It's like inverted cover two, right? Where the safeties crash down and then you have a nickel corner and or one safety stay high and the nickel corner run deep. Well, if you run a seam against that, you can create a big play, right? And that's how the Browns with Jim Swartz started to get beat towards the end of the year, was taking advantage of those and also being able to protect. Well, guess what? We don't have the front four that Cleveland has that allowed them to do some of that shit to where you, you can just get there quick. And also, you so, want to trust uh, Cordell Flott, who clearly had trouble in zone coverage and dropping back and figuring out where he had to go. If Cordell Flott's your starting nickel corner next year, well, hopefully he's not. You, you really trust in Cordell Flott to get to that spot where you, when you have safeties crashing down? I don't, yeah, I don't think so. I'm looking at Cordell Flott as as a hopefully that this is a position we need to upgrade. Like Flott to me is not really part of for me like any future plans. Not to say we're cut him or anything, but like that to me is just as much of a position of upgrade as any. Like Flott does not change that for me. Um, so that's where hey, it's going to be a lot on the safeties. It's going to be a lot on decks, and then Okereke. I think Okereke will. Will look really good in this defense. Another thing that will look really good is DraftKings. Oh yeah. Are you are you looking for a super offer for Sunday uh, for Super Bowl Fifty Eight? Fifty Eight is my number. I'm excited for the Super Bowl. DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn five bucks into two hundred instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code World. New customers can bet five bucks to get two hundred. Instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code WORLD. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 888- Eight seven eight nine seven 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 seven, or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, twenty-one plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire one hundred sixty-eight hours after issuance. See dkng.com 
com flash football for eligibility and, and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources you'll be glad that you did what do you want to hit next on this justin um i saw research rick tweeted out about a half an hour ago that uh, this is a ryan cowden connection as well um he's an executive advisor to joe shane right now with the giants and uh well that's ryan about cowden. the only connection that there is to this you know, there's yeah. no connection with Brian Dable. So Brian Dable did go outside of his wheelhouse. And I don't know if there was... Honestly, Justin, the... we could talk about Jerome Henderson in a little bit. Outside of Jerome Henderson, the rest of the candidates did not look good on paper. Right? Brendan no. Daly, the Chiefs uh, linebacker uh, D- linebacker coach. You know, he was their run game def- and, def- and D-line coach for a few years. Their run defense was really bad in those times. Now, their linebackers have been really good the last couple of years, but I think that's a little bit of who their players are. Willie Gay, Nick <laughs> they, Bolton. They've drafted really well. <laughs> and Leo Chanel. You know, um, Nick Derek Ainsley from the Chargers, like their defenses Boo. were really bad, right? Shane Bowen was an upgrade over him with the Titans, you know, specifically. Um, what's uh, De- Deon- DeAndre Jones from... Uh, the Vikings, their passing defenses have been really bad the last two years under two different defensive coordinators, two polar opposite defensive coordinators. Um, Campanelli and, would have been the only one where it's like, all right, we kind of have to give you a shot just because we don't know anything about you. Yeah, Campanelli is. I, I don't. I'm not saying Campanelli's resume is bad. It's just kind of. It's a big to be decided because they have not invested. They haven't given him any young players there. Right. And they're ha- and the vets haven't been yeah. you know like solidified guys there either. And let me ask you this. Do you think Jerome Henderson wants to be a defense coordinator? Because I'm at the point where... I think all these guys do. And that's my worry about Jerome Henderson is that one he's interviewed for is does he kind of say, okay, this is obviously not my spot. Like maybe it's time for me to move on after after next year when I think his contract would possibly be up. I'm not 100% sure. How come he hasn't interviewed anywhere else though for a D coordinator spot? Well, no one's asked him to. The Giants, as much as we know Jerome Henderson and like Jerome Henderson, there's nothing that really pops out on go go hire Jerome Henderson, and he doesn't really have any guys to to fully advocate for him, right? You know, like Patrick Graham was his defensive coordinator. He was a he was one of the he, there was no connection there that came from Jason Garrett. We think, you know, uh, he was there for Wink already, and we know how this relationship soured and shit. So and again, the passing defense's numbers haven't popped off. We know Jerome Henderson up close and tight, right? Since we've been covering this team since he's been here, but I, I do wonder what it's like because, like, hey, you know, he got passed up for this when their their top two candidates and Denard Wilson and Bobby Babbage went elsewhere, and they decided, okay, well, we got to interview more people, and then Shane Bowen ended up freeing up from the Titans because the Titans thought about keeping Shane Bowen too, and the Giants went up going with him. Which again, I, I thought Bowen and Henderson were like a three four um, mix for me after those two, but I would rather keep Bowen, get Bowen, and then be able to keep Henderson. Yeah, one hundred percent. Now, Art Stapleton did tweet out that most of the position coaches are likely to stay. Which Andre Patterson and Jerome Henderson, like I, I'm, I'm really putting a lot of stock on Bowen working out and those two guys being here because I I don't feel Bobby. I think we are. I was saying this to Patreon. You know, I, I I could be wrong. I'm wrong about a lot of this. I'm wrong about a lot of stuff with this team. But because we have Dexter Lawrence, I feel like there's going to be way more attention that's going to be given to the edge room and the secondary this offseason. 
because you have Dexter Lawrence. Even though, hey, I would I would always love to draft an interior defensive line because I feel like the Giants are, are de-tackle you just as a franchise. But I just feel like for where this team is right now, I feel like edge depth is way more important, and I feel like the secondary is way more important for Bowen's defense. So keeping Andre Patterson here to help continue to help Dex and form up some of these younger guys like Jordan Riley, DJ Davidson, whoever else they may add. And then Jerome Henderson with Deontay Banks and you know all the and all the guys that he's been able, especially the guys off the scrap heap, which is that's been the thing that's most impressive about Jerome Henderson, outside of James bringing James Bradbury in and James Bradbury playing like an All Pro in 2020, is that not necessarily the guys that we've invested draft capital in, but it's been the guys that we've taken off the scrap heap and, and signed off the street for that year, like Isaac Yadam and like uh, Fabian Moreau. That's been the Jerome Henderson masterclasses that have been most impressive is that those guys have been able to literally start for an entire year and be okay. Yeah, and what Henderson's there's multiple angles on why Henderson's been impressive despite none of the numbers popping out for pass defense. Even though the Giants have been pretty above average in pass defense since he's been here, is one the ability to always help the cornerback too, right? Whether it's Jadam or or you know um, Fabian Moreau. Whether it's helping Deontay Banks, you know, have uh, you know success as a rookie, and then when you have a good one like Adore, giving him a career best year where he was stellar in that role, getting you know getting guys career years at cornerback one with Adore and James Bradbury, the safety room which is really never talked about much. I mean, they've had a bunch of different types of cats in there, right? Jabril Peppers, you know, his versatility using him, helping groom McKinney into like a bad safety at the beginning of 2021 to where he was amazing at the end of the year. You know, Logan Ryan had never played safety until, you know, training camp and Jerome Henderson had him ready and had him as a good player. And then Love and Pinnock and those guys, you know, getting getting the most out of them. So Henderson, to me, is much more impressive than numbers may indicate. But Bowen's the one that's called plays, and we are still keeping Henderson at the end of the day. I hope he stays, yeah. So I hope Art Stapleton's right. And and the fact that he is going to stay, that tells me that I don't think he wants to be a D coordinator. Because I, I, I would I, that, be, I feel like that's a big assumption to say for a, a, in a league where everyone's trying to I know, man. go there. But I do think Jerome Henderson is kind of a was kind of a deal breaker in this too, where he is valued and he's part of this staff. But I, I'd be pissed if I if 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 he really wanted it. All right, all right, let's just let's just say this. I think there's a difference between maybe wanting something like yeah, if the if the opportunity comes, I'll take it, versus like really wanting it. Like yeah, I I really freaking want this. I've earned this. I've been I on. Mean, this you staff. don't get into this league without being that mindset. Like that's uh, to me, that's an insane assumption to put on somebody in in this league of the NFL. At the end of the day, I don't think this conversation really matters. But I, I just. I want to know what's going on in his head because if I, if I were him and if he and if he really wanted a D coordinator job, I'd be pissed at this franchise now through two through two coaching regimes. I've had an opportunity to interview and I've done nothing but impress and I've done nothing but help this team and help help these two coaching staffs and none of them have promoted me to the spot that I want. I would be pissed if I were if if he really does want it, I would be pissed. Well, who who says he's not, right? Not right. not everyone's Wink Martindale and let's, you know, the sure. whole world know the pit. Like we, I mean, we we're not going to talk about Kafka much on this, but we know Kafka wanted out, but Kafka didn't feel the need to, you know, spend a, a you know force his way out and stuff. A lot, a lot of guys, times the guys are quietly pissed off about this stuff, even if the results are there and the Giants' sure. results haven't been there. Um, Just something so I'm curious about. You would you would think they probably bring in Ryan Crows, who's was the outside linebacker coach for the Titans under Shane Bowen. Um, 
So it's again to kind of recap a little bit. I know this isn't the longest episode in the world, and I want to talk about Andy Bischoff leaving and all that good shit too. Is that runs a three four defense, uh, likes to throw you know these simulated send one drop one type pressures, right? But they rush for at the end of the day. He likes to rush for at the end of the day, and has not been able to produce pressure. And, uh, you know, consistently, right? Has been able to produce some decent sack numbers, but not that consistent pressure. Uh, we'll throw a disguised coverages. We'll play from two high safeties and rotate down a lot. Um, you know, one of their, like, they, they don't have, like, real, they, they don't live out of one coverage, right? They're not really top five in the NFL in any, any type of coverage, um, most years. Uh, and I think the safety position is huge for what he wants to do. I think if he doesn't trust the safeties, you might see more single high stack boxes. If not, he's going to rotate guys down. And I think McKinney being part of that. The run defense has always been good. The pass defense has always been below average. And he's led to basically an average defense in three years as the Titans defensive coordinator. Yeah. Now, something that I didn't talk about, and I and I this is probably the this is probably the thing that that encourages me the most outside of the third down defense and the red zone defense. We know how a bad offense can lead to bad defense, especially in the second half, right? If you look at the giant splits in the first half in the, to the second half, in the first half, they have one of the best defenses in the league, especially towards the second half and, you know, latter part of the year. Um, in the second half, they've, they've had a, they're, they're a bad defense. It doesn't matter, you know, when, when you split it up. So Titans were in a similar boat where the offense, the Titans offense was inconsistent this year. So I wanted to look at the Titans first half numbers. Titans passing defense in the first half of games last year looks much better than their overall numbers. 11th in EPA per play total overall. The Giants were 12th, 8th against the pass, and 12th against the run. So that's more encouragement. So uh, I kind of, as we're looking at this hire and as we're being like, eh, it's not a, it's not a sexy hire. It's not a hire that makes us really excited. You know, yeah, Joe Shane's going to need to draft well and develop well. They're going to need to sign guys. I kind of end, I, I'm like, Ending off being like, I'm cool with this. I'm good. Because at the end of the day, the Giants offense scoring points at above, at an above average rate is what is going to make this entire team so much better. And I don't want to just say, oh, offense or bust or whatever like that and defense doesn't matter. But I think if I think this Bowen defense and this Giants defense next year will be a good unit if the Giants offense is holding up their end of the bargain. And I still think there's a lot of TBD on Shane Bowen too, right? For one, he's 37 years old. That's that's that's. I know the league is getting a little younger with their coaching staffs. That's still really young. In his three years as defensive coordinator, he's had Mike Vrabel and Jim Schwartz looking over his shoulder, right? Which is you know those guys have both been moved to head coaches after being defensive coaches in the NFL, you know, and Schwartz, you know, coached, you know, a top defense in the NFL this past year with the Browns. So I think there's some things you can change. Like, you know, Patrick Graham, he did a lot of some different things on his own after kind of getting out from underneath uh, Brian Flores, right, where they had difference of view. So I think there will be some different stuff that he likes to do. Um, you know, this will be his first time just completely running the show. So, you know, growth from his last spot, different personnel. So there still is a lot of to be decided with him. Uh, you know, but again, I, I see someone who prioritizes stopping the run without, not in the old school way of like, oh, let's just put, you know, stack the box, let's let's set up our fronts this way. But I think setting up the fronts to stack to stop it, and then filling with with good safety play and good run defense from safety play. Uh, but you just didn't see a ton of like, you know, really helping out guys who have 
are you know have deficiencies right those guys have just kind of struggled in his defense um and that's that's the Warriors the Giants still are looking to add a ton of talent and not just talent but de- but depth right they need they need talent in a big part big important positions and depth mm-hmm. um so we'll we'll see there's still a lot I, I want to dive into all, all the 2023 film maybe live stream some of it uh Ooh. throughout the week just walking through it just like hey let's just chart it stunts simulator pressure rotating coverages right not getting too deep into it but you've seen him be able to flex his muzzles on red in the red zone and third down consistently been able to consistently stop the run it's just how can they get to be a consistently good pass defense which has just not happened since he's been there dog analytics uh, is putting a bow on what we talked about 15 minutes ago uh coverage frequencies for 2022 is basically the same as 2023 so remember what I said, how that may be different 15 minutes ago? It wasn't. Not based on personnel. So, yeah, I mean, again, liking to run cover four and cover two, which you can be high in the league in cover four and cover two, but also, like, that still will make up a quarter of the plays combined. Yeah. Uh, right? Like, at the end of the day, it's cover one and cover three is what is what he lives out of. The question is, how how does he get to that, right? You can, you can get to cover three. When when Patrick Graham changed to a too high defense, mostly they still ran cover three top five at a top five rate in the NFL. You rotate down into it, right? So I think you're going to see some stuff like that. So uh, are we? Well, let's let's talk about players that we're most excited for with this with this transition. And I think it's like undoubtedly it's Xavier McKinney, correct? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Keep like having like Xavier McKinney was good in the Wink Martindale scheme, but Xavier McKinney wasn't really going to flex all that he's about. So I think keeping Xavier McKinney is a must in this defense. I think it, you can start seeing him have some of the numbers that he had under Patrick Graham. Um, I won't say Dex because Dex is just great in whatever, but again, he's not going to be moving away from that nose tackle role. Um, and I think uh, I, I, okay, yeah. David Long Jr., who went to Miami, he was really good in 2021 and 2022 as well. You know, both more, more athletic guys can fly sideline to sideline, right? Yeah, so I, I think Okereke, um, look, I know there's going to be talking about Harold Landry and stuff and with Kayvon. Kayvon. I think Kayvon's improvement will come on his own shoulders and not really much of a scheme change. Right. I think I think if, if the Giants hired Leslie Frazier, Kayvon would have some improvement in his numbers just by the way defenses play, uh, you know, teams play those defenses. But uh, I think Kayvon's improvement is on himself. I don't, uh, to me, it just doesn't really hurt anyone besides Cordell Flop. But to me, Cordell Flop was hurt anyways because he's yeah. so bad in run defense because there's so many missed assignments when in, in the few times they ran zone. Um, that I, I, to me, he's a player that, needs to be upgraded anyways. Even if Wink Martindale stayed, I, I probably would have been, you know, the unpopular opinion of like we need to upgrade nickel corner. You we yeah. cannot have a hundred seventy pound guy in there. Kevin Byard had nine interceptions, I believe five in two thousand twenty one and then four in two thousand twenty two. So it would be cool if we could see Xavier McKinney get back to those high interception numbers that he showed under that year of Patrick Graham. Now however It'll and it'll be interesting to see how does Bowen's change right because he's going into a new staff i mean they had the least amount of interceptions in the nfl this past year right right they only had six but by, that was this was the first year that byard was gone he was a filled with no Eagle. with jim jim schwartz gone one and uh, then they they had bad they just had bad db like really bad db play across the board yeah 
Um, and then now, not being the generator pressure goes. I mean, they just had a they, like the fact that they somehow ended up being 16th in points per game this past year is wild with how bad they were in passing and just being having a, a lack of talent across the board, really. I mean, we're talking about McKinney like he's here, but he's not. So this is going to be really interesting to see. And now Joe Shane has Joe Shane has done a good job of not negotiating against himself. You know, does what's this contract going to look like for McKinney? Because he he it maybe I don't know if this is how this works, but him and his team could look at hey, you just signed a defensive coordinator where my stats are inevitably going to go up look at the safeties that have been here previously look at the the good pro bowl all pro safeties that have been here in the past their stats are good even though my stats haven't been good maybe i deserve that money i deserve a higher contract the franchise tag is obviously in play but is that solely a saquon barkley franchise tag it's going to be really interesting to see how it how it plays out i think mckinney should be back for uh a few reasons outside of shane bowen one I do not think the Giants are at a place in roster building where they can let good players that they drafted walk away. One, which Xavier McKinney is, and there's not very many that fit that profile, right? I think that's the most important thing. Um, and two, despite that he is a pain in the ass sometimes, um, and that the fact that I don't view him really as a leader, even though he's you know a team captain and stuff, is that if the Giants win, he's going to be fine. And if they lose, he's going to be annoying. But he hasn't gotten to the point where it's been. There's shit that popped up a few times this past year. But none of that was like, I am totally out on this guy. Now, when guys get paid and they they feel a different type of, you know, entitlement entitlement or whatever. And they feel a little more emboldened, right? Like, remember when Odell won the contract, it was the most well-behaved he was. You know, a month later, he's on ESPN the morning before, you know, with an interview <laughs> airing the morning before the game. And it's like, oh, God, what 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 did we just do? Um, I don't think McKinney would ever get to that point. I don't, McKinney doesn't have the clout to get to that point. Uh, but nonetheless, I think he's a good player. And not everyone, we don't need cookie cutter, you know, perfect fall in line type players all across the board. If the Giants right. win... It's awesome if they lose, it sucks, and losing sucks regardless. So why don't you talk to us about something before we talk about some other uh, staff stuff with the Giants? Oh, I'll talk to you about something. Bobby Skinner, you're confident in the office. Oh, boy. At the dinner table. Oh, yeah. And even on the dance floor. What about Danny King? What about Danny King? Danny King, he's even more confident than you in the office at the dinner table and even on the dance floor. What about Danny King with the other part? But But can you keep it going? And can Danny King keep it going when he goes back to the bedroom? Well, guess what? With Hims, Danny King, you, me, and everyone can get access to medications to ensure your erectile dysfunction gets treated. You hear that, Danny? So you can keep the confidence going all day and all night. Hims is changing men's health care by providing access to affordable and discreet sexual health treatments, all from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to clinically proven generic generic alternatives to Viagra and Cialis up to 95% cheaper with options as low as two dollars per dose whoa and the process is simple 100 online which means no uncomfortable doctor's visits you hear that danny king you don't need to even get off your couch you don't need to go to the doctor it can be done from your living room start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash giants that's h-i-m-s.com slash giants for your personalized ed treatment options 
Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Bobby Skinner, Danny King, and everybody, you'll be glad you did. You'll be glad you did. Andy Bischoff, the tight end coach, he's out. He went and joined the Chargers under Jim Harbaugh and Greg Roman. Uh, he's gonna he's getting the run game coordinator title there. I know because of because of very real issues with the wink fallout and this Kafka stuff. Which again, I want to have an interview to talk to flesh the Kafka stuff out a little more because the idea that everything's hunky dory there is just not true at all. He does want he did want to leave. The Giants stopped him from leaving. And play calling, where does that all fit into that? I think we can have that conversation on the next podcast a little more in an interview. Um, now, now that by the way, by the defensive coordinator hire was holding us hostage on the offseason. There were things we wanted to do, <laughs> but it's like, but if we don't want this to get dated if they hire a defensive coordinator, which we we almost broke. We were two minutes away from having an interview, Justin, and then mm-hmm. they hired the defensive coordinator. Uh but Andy Bischoff, I don't view this as part of like, oh, look at the culture and Dable's hard to work with, which Hey, that could be part, but he got an upgrade. He gets to go back and coach with Greg Roman. You know, uh, you know, he was under Jim uh, John Harbaugh with the Ravens. Now Jim Harbaugh here. To me, this is even though the Giants could have blocked this, this is an upgrade in his role as a coach. And I don't think Andy Bischoff is the one that is having ego. I mean, he seems like the most egoless coach in the building. Yeah. To be honest, yeah. uh, I think this is just this is truly a better opportunity for him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have much reactions to it either. Remember Chris Myrick said he's like just very PG and he would just be like, he listening to some of their conversation in the film room and just be like, oh mm-hmm. boy, um, you guys are crazy. I wonder if uh, they're going to promote, uh, is it, is, am I getting Angela Baker? Is that a name that yeah. I'm pulling out of thin air? No, yeah, she, she worked with the tight end. She did, I mean, she was the tight end coach at the Shrine Bowl. So is she, is she the assistant tight ends coach right now? Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. I, I'd like the Giants to go out and get a different tight end. Like, let's, you know, I don't think feel like the Giants' tight ends are so good that they can just upgrade the the tight end spot. I'd like, I'd like them to go get a. Are different Are you saying tight end you coach. hate you hate Angela Baker? I'm saying I want a different tight end coach. Are you saying you hate women possibly being in prominent positions of coaching? Just tight end coach, and you know, <laughs> any any other position coach, uh, you know, fine. Just tight end coach. I, I, Men only in the tight end uh, coaching room, right? Sure. Hey, we just talked about the, you know, imagine the jokes that the tight ends are making with Andy Bischoff. They'd be even worse with Angela Baker in the room. Uh, just kidding. I have I know nothing about Angela Baker besides one minute of a social oh, man, clip they I didn't, put out. We didn't make any fighting over last slices of pizza jokes about uh, Bowen. Bowen and Dable. That's going to be the biggest conflict that they have. Yeah. I can see it, it now. It is crazy how important that last slice of pizza was to Wink Martindale. <laughs> it, it was huge. I mean, is he from New Jersey? Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, <laughs> any 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 come down from the Senior Bowl at all? I'm exhausted. I'm still very tired. Um, no, it was it was a good trip. Um, accomplished a lot. Thanks for everybody that 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 follows along. Um, you know, hope hope we get to do it again. That's the. That's the main. Uh, it's the main takeaway. Takeaway from it. So. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Was there any other new? Let me just scroll through the Talking Giants account. Make sure we didn't miss anything. So Andy Bischoff is gone. Tight end coach, obviously. So the Giants need the Giants need to hire an outside linebacker coach, a tight end coach, 
and that's it that they have left. They replace their offensive line coach. They replace their running back coach. So the rest is there. We'll see if he keeps. I think Patterson and Henderson are safe. It'd be interesting to see if they keep uh, Agorgu as a linebacker coach. Um, Shea Tierney Saqu- stock up or down after the Senior Bowl, after the Senior Bowl game? I mean, his quarterbacks did. Sam Hartman did play really bad. Mm. Uh, All right, but, so Shea Tierney stock down. Yeah, maybe. Um, Michael Penix dropped out of the Senior Bowl, which was kind of disappointing. Oh, what, what, what was that? That's the uh, first. That's the first blemish on Michael Penix. Yeah, play in the game. Play in the practice game. He's only going to play a series or two. Yeah, but he's only going to play a series or two. Bo Nix only played a couple of series. Um, Pro Bowl. Dex actually really contributed to the NFC winning. Hell yeah! Like the tug of war, they win because of him. And I was surprised the the starting of like the, the gridiron thing. And I was there, by the way. It was him versus Quentin Williams. He smoked Quentin Williams, right? And there was it was a, basically a, ta- a, a battle of speed, and he he smoked Quentin Williams. So the in debate that those guys are the same. So Dex really helped in that. I hate. Can I say something since we're talking about the Pro Bowl? I hate that everyone cried. The Pro Bowl stinks. The Pro Bowl, they got to change this. Gotta, no, did you enjoy it's it? Just, it's just not. Hey, listen, the Pro Bowl is again. It's not going to be some great game. It's not what it used to be. But let it just be an eleven on eleven game. Where you go out there and play football. No, so, so here's and the thing. So, I, so I hate that what they change that. it to. I because it's it's okay. not a good. It's I bet you less people watch it. It's it's watching flag football is like a really not a great. Like I had fun there, but it's not a great viewing experience when you're there. Okay. Because I was gonna be like, uh, if you're you, I saw you saying that whole thing on social media about like stop complaining that you don't like it, but then if you if your rebuttal was going to be. Stop saying you don't like it because you're tweeting that you don't like. You're just you enjoy that you're saying you don't like it, but I actually had a really good time. I thought that was the rebuttal that you were going to give, but no, you still don't like it. This new this new thing, yeah, no, because for years everyone complained that they have to change the Pro Bowl, and it's like no, this is again, this is not going to be a perfect event. Oh, just leave it as is, and everyone and they complained enough to where they ended up changing it to what it was and i do think the players deserve some disrespect in this too they got way too lackadaisical with it it's one thing to not go super hard right like they did in the early 2000s where they were just like running the ball and sean taylor killed brian mormon <laughs> um it's one thing to not do that but they got so lackadaisical the last couple of years where it's like well this you guys are ruining this too so i think the fans and the players ruined it, and I'm and I'm pissed because it should be a good event, and it should be after the Super Bowl. It should be the come down from the Super Bowl too. They should do the NFL honors and then the Pro Bowl. They screw up their timeline very much. The NFL honors being the weekend of the Super Bowl is so stupid. Those are perfect off season like topics to talk mm-hmm. about and 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 give their due credit. It was like the you, okay, uh, here's our Hall of Fame, here's our MVP, here's Rookie of the Year. Okay, Super Bowl tomorrow. See you there. Forget about all this shit. You know, Pat Mahomes wins MVP last year, and, and it's a pre and it's a pre recorded speech because he's playing in the Super Bowl the next day. Yeah, it's it's so so stupid. And how that shit doesn't get leaked, by the way. You know, NFL draft picks, which they treat like, you know, state I think secrets. it's because it's one of those things that we all, like, we all know Lamar is winning the MVP. So it's not like yeah. it's even anything worth being leaked. Yeah. You, you would still think somebody would. And I think because the TV partners, like the big heads, like Schefter and Rappaport, just don't tweet it out. All right. Yeah. That's an episode. We'll be back Friday. Probably trying to get in. I mean, we... 
Dunleavy did win the Tony Award, so maybe we can have Dunleavy on for Friday to. I want to tease. Give- I want to tease some stuff because odds are maybe you're listening to this, maybe you're not listening to this at this point because we stopped talking about informational stuff. Throughout the next couple weeks, hopefully we're gonna have some really good interviews with some people that you're not expecting, and I'll leave it at that. But it's not a promise. Oh, that reminds me. I got to message that guy. It's not a promise, but uh, we're going to have some interviews with some people that, you, that you're not expecting. Definitely one, because we already have one in the books. It's already confirmed that we're recording it. Are you talking about the one that I'm going there for or the other no, one? No, no, the other one. Yeah, we got that uh, one, he, That one's booked. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we'll see you then. Um, appreciate you guys. And uh, we're going to dive into the film on this defensive coordinator, all that good stuff. So we'll have a little more to report back on Friday plus an interview. Until then, let's go Big Blue.